0: Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over, uh, we go a little bit about yesterday's slate, right? We got big the $6 swing for the fences yesterday on DraftKings. So we'll take a look at that. Talk maybe a little bit about today's big slate, 14 games. Is it? I mean, we have that double header. I don't know what, what site is counting what, we'll see. We'll see what's going on today a bit, right? And then answer questions in the YouTube chat, DSFS strategy questions. It doesn't matter what it is. You post it, I answer it. So I see you guys, Suki Singh, Dung Montgomery, Jerome Lewis, real life picture, Michael Dompier, Frederick Dute, Eric Hiltold, DFS Degenerate, Quinton Williams. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those dummy thumbs. Keep the, the water cold, I guess. No apple juice. Uh Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Hit the, uh, hit the notification bell to know when we go live in the morning. Yesterday, obviously, obviously, yesterday, obviously, you play Ben Gamble, lefty on lefty against Max Freed in Pittsburgh. Of course, of course, that's, of course, of course. Who who forgot about that? Ben, of course, Ben Gamble. And you play Fran Reyes against Rich Hill, which is maybe... That isn't the worst thing in the world, right? And uh, and then and then you win, right? And then you don't play Joe Musgrove, and, uh, and there you go. You're, you're good. You're good. I think I think that was the key. And then then you don't care about the Cubs, right? You fade the Cubs. Okay, you fade the you fade the Cubs. That's the first thing you do. You fade the Cubs. You fade the best projected pitcher on the slate, Joe Musgrove, point per dollar wise. And then you you play uh, you play the Pirates hitters you play you play you play the Indians pirates five three, and that, that's of course of course of course as we all expected yesterday right but that's baseball right you go I can't I can't believe oh it was fifteen mile an hour winds blowing out in Wrigley can't believe nothing happened on the Cubs side well the Phillies got there because Eric Sogard pitched the last inning that helped right if you have Philly stacks. He likes seeing that position player coming in and pitch, right? He gave up what, like three home runs in the last inning, right? Right. Or two, right. Who, who hit a home run? Uh, Hoskins, Hoskins, Hoskins and Bohm both hit home runs off of Sogard, I believe. Right. And Gregorius had one earlier. Knapp had one earlier. So, I mean, the, the Philly stack got there, but thanks, thanks to Eric Sogard pitching. So, so that's, that's good too. Uh Yesterday, I'm. I, yesterday, I was glad to just just like only have a small loss, right? I played 150 lineups in the swing to the fences, and I played the 121 single entry. Uh, the single entry, I played. I played a Philly stack, so that so I I, I what three X to four X in the in the single entry, even with Joe Musgrove, and then in the swing for the fences, my main my main stacks that I was playing more of were Texas. The Rangers, yeah. Willie Peralta, apparently. Seven innings, six strikeouts. Yeah, okay, thank you. So I played Texas, played Chicago White Sox, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Padres. Doesn't mean I didn't play anyone else. I mean, I still had, you know, two lineups here, five lineups there of other stuff, right? 150 lineups. I I, have most stacks of, of some type. I have something there. I, have, I know Ben gamble I know Ben Gamble. We could take a look here. I mean, if you just take a look, take a look at Ben Gamble. I, I pulled up a tall bunch of 150 maxes, showing really myself at the bottom. I mean, barely any. I mean, look, it's not like anyone, it's like anyone, anyone you could respect, like the, what the, Anil had, well, 1%? I mean, what, 1.3%. That's, that's what, two lineups? It's two lineups, one lineup, right? One lineup, three lineups. Right, so it's not like it, like, and probably was pirate stacks, right? Because you probably put this and put like Brian Reynolds or something like that. Reynolds, yeah, kind of kind of matches up a little. Brian Reynolds or Nagowski with with that 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 first baseman, right? Kind of like not like people were high on the Pirates or anything last night. All sharp players, you could see it from the pitching combination. I think I think the best pitcher on the slate was Tyler McGill. I, I had way more him than Colby Allard, who also did well. He also would like he was he also got bailed out by an error and like most of his runs were unearned. But I was playing more McGill Musgrove combinations. I had some Woodruff, right? I had some Rich Hill who came out after like 57 pitches for no reason. Mike Minor, I had some of him, right than a couple of Logan Allen lineups who obviously did not do well. 4%. But like Dylan Cease, I just I didn't play any Dylan C, barely played any Max Fried. But this kind of goes along. If you take a look across the board, you I mean, other than I slew with you kind of played a bunch of a bunch of everyone. Let's see here. Yeah, played still played Woodruff and all these guys, but also played 14% of Vladimir Gutierrez who had 21 points, barely over. 26 points. Some of these pictures down here didn't do all that well. But really, across the board, I mean, if you take a look at Woodruff, it's like like no one like just, like, X'd him out or anything. Yeah, maybe have less, because he's the most expensive pitcher. But Musgrove, I mean, right across the board. McGill, across the board. Freed, most sharper players were under the ownership. I didn't 20% ownership. I liked Allard more than Freed. I mean, he projected better than Freed. Allard was owned by a lot of sharp, a lot of sharp players. Cease was was not owned by, much by sharp players, like this. Minor was above, right, eight percent owned, and most most have them in more lineups. So I look. I, this is what I do. I look at my constructions and go at pitcher. Like I seem to be to be in line with most of the sharp players. So what am I supposed to do? Not play like the sharp players? I mean, that's the whole point. That's why you're studying this. Okay, so we take away pitchers. I'm surprised how owned the Gavin Sheets. Why was he 20% owned? I don't know. I get Ryan, I get Contreras. I get Segura. I get the I get the Cubs. The Phillies were actually lower owned than I thought they would be. If I knew that they were going to be this this low, I mean, some, I mean they were low owned, right? Harper was 15%. Gregorius was 12%. McCutcheon was 11%. Herrera was ten percent. Okay, so those guys are owned. But if we take a look at like like Hoskins, who is kind of a little bit overpriced, he was only five percent owned. Hoskins, Bohm Bohm was three percent. Right, so you could make you could make a line, you could make a Phillies lineup that that isn't like Chuck City. Nap was four percent owned, and he was cheap. At a you know we catcher position, so you could have made plenty of Phillies lineups that. Yeah, sure. They may have Harper and McCutcheon in it or something. Change one or two of the guys around to these four percent owned guys, and you're stacked. out, you're fine now. So I had a bunch of those types of liners, but I would have made more. I would have made more. We take a look here. Joey Gallo. Yeah, since Joey Gallo was a little bit, a little bit more owned than I thought he was going to be. So I was over, I was over on the Rangers, but still, like my one-offs were still Phillies primarily. You take a look here. I had Tatis, I had Harper, I had Gregorius as one-offs. And other, and McCutcheon. Yeah, I still have used Phillies. Because, I mean, they, in the bat, they projected one as one of, the, as one of if not the best stack on the board. People played Braves with Acuna. Okay, I get it. I didn't as much. But still, I mean, like, like Tampa Bay was fine for a while. Like, Brandon Lowe was barely owned batting eighth, right? Right, I had 8%, you can see here. Like, I I had more. But I was playing more of the Rays, right? So, I mean, just a byproduct. So, like, uh, like Andy Diaz. Like, he had a good game, 21 points, right? And I had him in 13% of my lineups. But not necessarily as a one-off, just in in Rays stacks. According, according to Slate IQ yesterday on roto grinders, the highest leverage stacks with towards the top of the win probability list, were the White Sox, the Rays, the uh, the Padres, and uh, what what else, What did I say? Who else? Whoever I played. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the Cubs for sure. It wasn't the Cubs. That was way under than the Cubs. Still one-offs or whatever. it wasn't the, the Royals, right? Basically the Cubs and the Royals were the like the highest negative leverage. They would they, they were projected to be overowned. But I don't even think the, the 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 Royals were were overowned necessarily. Take a look here. I mean, Ryan O'Hearn was 10%, but everyone else. Merrifield eight, Perez eight. Dozier, seven. So, I mean, they were owned. Andrew Alberto was seven. Okay. Boston came in lower than I thought it would. I still I still have plenty of Boston. You take a look here. Like, Bogarts. You see across the board, like, even, you know, Hoskins. Phillies were sharper. I had a ton of Eli White. You can take a look. 16% Eli White. That didn't get there. Who else had him? Okay. Eli White. Pain. Yeah, real pain. Your real pain. Twenty one did like uh, total Contrarian stuff. Right? You can see here: Chris Bryant zero percent, Segura zero percent, Contreras zero percent, Baez, zero percent, Harper zero percent, Marisnik, zero percent, Gregorius wisdom. So just not basically all. Just basically the X out the Wrigley game. That's what it looks like. I mean, not even as one offs or nothing. Right? Zero Herrera, zero Rizzo. So not even in one lineup or anything. He had, uh, okay, 20% Otani, Swanson. So Braves, Braves, Royals, Twins, Angels. It's stuff like that. Yeah, here's some Red Sox. So basically every everything but the Wrigley game. Right? 19% Solaire, 17% Will Myers, 21% Fan. Seem like you just play. I'm going to play a lot of everything else other than the regular game. But still, doesn't seem like you know. Ramirez, ten percent. Still, just still not enough to get there because still, even doing that, Ben Gamble, Oh, still have four lineups or something, right? Two percent, three lineups. Yeah, it's three lineups. That's it. Well, you don't have Ben Gamble. you're not winning, right? We I mean, take a look at the winner. Frank, Frank Kangolia. Okay. Which is, a, it's a mess lineup. Okay. So good. I don't care about messy lineups. Right. It's one, two, three Phillies and two Angels and, okay, just smash buttons and whatever and you get lucky. Okay. Stuff happens. How about the second one? So Cleveland, yeah, here you go. Cleveland 5-3, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Any other day, this would win, right? Even though Eddie Rosario came out of the game, yeah, this would win. Dane oh nine four four. Let's see, Philly, 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 Philly. Philly. Five two one. That's fine. When Nick Gordon, Max Kepler had uh, double dong. Here's OCD's best lineups. We got Cleveland, 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 four three one. Okay. I mean, these are these are fine lineups. You want to mash buttons and try to get first? Okay, okay, you mash buttons. Way to go. This looks like good lineup. This other lineup is a Philly stack. Yeah, Philly Minnesota. Similar, similar, almost, almost exactly the same lineup. Oh no, no, because this one is the Hoskins. This one is a different. This is Tampa Bay. One two three four yeah four three one like cheese oh here's cheese which cheese is best lineup right five five three Phillies Indians which one, most slates this would be this would be close to the winning right other than Gene Segura maybe in here but you have a home run a home run you have a home uh, uh, Herrera had a home run right he friend Franmil Reyes a two. Those are Ramirez at twenty four points. Ahmed Rosario with seventeen. You get two of the higher scoring pitchers, and nope, steak knives, steak knives time on this slate at least. But really, the key to yesterday just the the, the Cubs were over owned. So why why are you why are you playing a ton of them? If we just take a look at the Cubs, I mean. Most sharp players, I mean, look at Chris Bryan was 28% owned. Mr. and Slewfoot. Maybe had a bunch, but mostly, mostly, mostly under. Mostly Segura. Right? Contreras. I mean, some a little over Then I mean, catcher is catcher, so I get it. Baez. I mean, outside of Mr. Goodseats and I sleuth at you, this whole list is, it's all yellow. Marisnik, right, still, still mostly yellow. I mean, Marisnik hit a home run, Bias hit a home run, but the rest of the stack is worthless, right? But people don't want to do that. Oh, there's such a good spot. It's a wiggly win game. I got to play him. Now why? Just like any other slate. 20% don't hit her. Why are you playing a ton of them? Uh, Michael Dompius says, I think Minnesota was pretty high leverage. Now, Minnesota was okay. Minnesota, what, I mean, what was Kepler owned? 4%. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because with Cruz out of the lineup, people may have. Lernick, 7%. I mean, they were okay. There were no case. that They were okay. I had them. I was over, right? I mean, if we take a look at like Larnock, right? 6-12, well, maybe not. Maybe not Larnock. Yeah, Sharper players had the Twins. Polanco. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, look. A lot of green. A lot of green. Kepler. Mostly green. So, yeah. Yeah, I had 11%. So that's fine. Who else is on the Twins? Who else is on the Twins? So, no. Yeah, Green. So, yeah, it's a Twins. Lot, a lot of Sharp players had, had Twins yesterday. That seemed fine. Just anything to get off the Cubs. I mean, pretty much. Even the Braves, like Acuna. Like, how did people spend up for Acuna? I mean, I, I guess. I just thought there were better constructions. That left you with with the Cunha as a one off. That's why Gavin Sheets even. It's like, how much was he yesterday? I mean, he was in my White Sox stack, sure, but I don't know how well he projected side of that. Right. Sometimes, sometimes the owned the projected ownership beforehand is not this not this, not, this, not this, like Eric Koss is like nine percent owned, eight percent. Like why? The recency bias. That's about it. 4,300 going against a good projected pitcher. I know Allard is not the greatest, but Allard had nine strikeouts yesterday. I think that's his career high in a game. That's why it was less on, that's why it was more on McGill and less on Allard. Because McGill has like a 30% strikeout rate. Allard is just, you know, soft-thrown lefty pretty much. I mean, I still had Allard, but nowhere near the, the amount of McGill. And nowhere near the amount of Musgrove, and that didn't work out. Jim Steele asked, how were people in Cleveland? They didn't project that great at all. Okay, and what does that have to do with anything? I don't care. Who cares about median projections? What's their, what's their percentage chance of being the top stack versus what they're owned? Cleveland was still, and, and Cleveland was still over-owned. On draftings at least. What the hell was going on in fame? I don't know. I didn't play on Cleveland. Jim, you still you still don't get it. How were people on? I'm not on anything. How was, how was I on the Rangers, the White Sox, the A, uh the, the, the Rays, and the Padres yesterday? Because they were underowned compared to their ceiling probability. That's it. The Mets were the Mets were also underowned for their ceiling probability. Like the Mets were almost no was wood, they're up against Woodrow. They're also one of the lowest probability teams on the slate. But They were just they were they were under owned. So like, yeah, they, they were one percent owned when they should have been one point seven percent owned. I mean like that type of thing. Doesn't mean you can't play them. You can play them if you want to play. If you want to play the Pirates? If you want to play the Indians, go ahead. You could build a line. You could build a lineup. That's good. You built if you built Indians five man yesterday. And he played McGill, Musgrove, Bryce Harper, right? Something like that, you know. So whatever short style, Gregorius in that lineup or whatever, whatever you want. That would have been a fine lineup. Stop trying to think of how to get on a team. I don't get to get, there's nothing to get on. What did they see? I didn't, no, nothing. There's nothing to see. There's the stuff that I talk about every single damn day. There's nothing to see. We take a look at Slate IQ from yesterday. Let's, let's see. IQ, uh, July 5th. No, uh, Roto-Grinders. Grinders, Slate IQ, July 5th. Monday, July 7th, what oh, was yes, just Monday? Is this it? Can we get it? No, this is for Monday, July 27th from some other time. Where was this? Typically I could find this, Monday, slate IQ. Usually I could type in the title. I can find it. No, it still says Monday, July 27th. Oh, because I put that in. That's why. Monday, July 5th. No. I don't know if I could find this. No, July 20th the tournament can I can I put this in Sunday because oh, I don't know the number at the end. I don't know. how do I get to it? So not there's not index yet. I was going to show the slide IQ from yesterday. no this is now now this is some other site. okay, whatever. A1B smoke can you review cash lineup? No. I didn't even play cash yesterday. I don't know what's there to review in a cash lineup. Play the best median median lineup you can. There you done. You know how long it takes me to build a cash lineup in baseball? One and a half seconds. There's nothing to review in cash games. What's what's there to review? A one B mode I don't even understand what to review. I don't even know what. What would what would I say about it? It's the best median optimal lineup. Like there's there's nothing to review. And these are the things they have to this, these are the concepts you need to understand in order to win at dfs. i could win a cash game you give me a, you give me a projection model and i could win a cash games in any sport without even knowing anything, literally nothing. nothing. why? blender it's on the right hand side of that slate iq site. i have no idea what you're talking about. I'm trying to get to yesterday's. Today's doesn't matter. Typically, I could, I could, uh, I could just Google search, right? Like here. We don't get it. Okay. Is it is it still up from yesterday? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We we okay. Because they didn't change it. Too early to even change it. Okay. So from yesterday on Slate IQ, you could see here. Sort by winner. Look, Cubs, 10.6%. Look at the next one, Texas. Minnesota, 5.1. Atlanta, 4.9. Boston, 4.9. Tampa Bay, 4.6. In comparison to how much they're owned. So look here, Texas, positive leverage. Tampa Bay, positive leverage. Padres, positive leverage. White Sox, positive leverage. 3.6% chance. Like, yeah, Chicago, the Cubs, they had the best chance by almost twice of any other team. But all these teams in the middle right here, what's wrong with that in comparison to their ownership? Tampa Bay was underowned compared to Slate IQ. Take a look at Cleveland. They were stabbed, I guess according to Slate IQ, they was they was they were slightly under-owned. Only a 2% chance of being the winner, but going to be owned at 1.5%. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was underowned also. In comparison, but their their win probabilities are lower. There's no reason you couldn't play Cleveland. There's no reason you couldn't play Pittsburgh. Right? Look at the Mets. The Mets had a 0.9 percent chance of being the winner, and they're going to be owned at 0.5 percent. So proportionally, they're the the best leverage. Proportionally, but still, they're the third lowest likelihood of being the winning stock. Doesn't mean you could play. No, you sure you could play him, sure. Just high variance. Absurdly high variance. So this is this is it. This is DFS. It's not, it's not complicated. How did people get on Cleveland? Oh, why not? Sure. Why not play a Cleveland lineup? You can. You're pro- you can play a Cleveland lineup and still play Cubs in it. Why not? The Cleveland guys are gonna be low enough phone that you just play the best projected players everywhere else. Play a five in Cleveland stack, the two projected pitchers and three other one-offs that have the highest projection there you go you're done how you end up with the cleveland indian stack and ben gamel i don't know i mean probably not probably not make hand building one lineup probably not but if you're making combinations of different teams and you're like how do i fit cleveland and pittsburgh together okay well that could end up happening Jim Steele, did I stick, stack Cleveland? I think I had Cleveland two lineups. I'm playing 150 lineups. I have a stack of um, You, I don't think you, I don't think people understand. On most, on a nine-game slate, I will have a stack of every team. I believe I had a stack of every single team yesterday. All 18 teams. Now the. How many of those? Not many, not many, right? I had more Texas stacks. I had more White Sox stacks. I had more Tampa Bay stacks. I had more San Diego stacks, right? I I think I had one lineup with with, with, uh, Josh Bell and Juan Soto and Starling Cash. I had one national stack. One out of 150. I think I had one or two Pittsburgh. One or two Detroit. One or two Cleveland. I think I, one, I think I had one lineup with Franville Reyes. I think I won one out of 150, I think. Let me take a look. Right, Reyes, Franville Reyes. Yeah, two lineups. I had two lineups with Franville Reyes, in it, right? Some people had none. You could make a Cleveland lineup and still be good and be fine. It's a higher variance lineup. How many? How many of those types of lineups do you want to build? Out of 150, probably not many. I'm not going to build 75 lineups like that. Yeah, the, the expected value may be similar, but I mean, the range of outcomes is going to be ridiculous. Right? $6 contest, 150 entries, right? That's 900 bucks. If I played 150 lineups like that, I would say 95% of the time, I go from 900 bucks down to like nothing. You, you lose 90 plus percent of your money and sure i guess you can if you have a, a bankroll to do that i mean if you have millions of dollars sure go go use that strategy just just play the high variance low win probability type lineups that's still a plus there are ma- majorly plus ev it's just that it happens once in a blue moon just to play 150 of those seems it's, it's not good, good from a risk tolerance perspective. But that's also the main reason why I'll, I'll play a stack of almost every team on the slate. Maybe not today. Today we got a 14, 14, 15 game. I mean, then you just get just like, why? You get to the I mean, we, what, we have 14 games. Yeah, they're all okay. There's some rain. But is it likely, uh, is it likely I'm playing a Brewers stack against the Grum? Probably not. Probably i'm probably not going to do that. will i have brewers in my player pool maybe but not as the stack look at these prices who the hell would be stacking the the yes against the grum i'm going to play uh luis urias at 5 5,000, 5100 adamas Narvaez. look at these prices they, they forgot <laughs> someone at dk forgot Who's playing fifty five hundred for Willie Adamas against Degrom? Like these prices should be like fifteen hundred dollars cheaper. Which means no one's no one's going to have this, as a, especially as a stack, let alone one of us. Yeah, Jackie Bradley's twenty six hundred. Yeah, okay, now you can you can play that guy. Let you take a look. Yeah, like I, I will. I have any Minnesota stacks against Rodon? Maybe 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 one. I don't know. These guys are cheap. Jeffers, if she bats, you know, 3,400, a third, maybe. Larnac is, gee, I mean, it's lefty-lefty, but whatever. Celestino, 2K, right? If it's, if it's DraftKings, I mean, it's DraftKings. I'm going to be playing on Vandal today. Yeah, but why not? Well, you, got, you play a team against Rodon. Why not? Who said you can't? Will I play the Cubs against Nola? Maybe 4.47 total. Why not? Take a look down here. There may be teams I don't stack, depending on their projection and their chances of winning. Do I play the Cardinals against the Giants at these prices? Probably not. Right, they come out of cores and now they're more expensive. Goldschmidt at 4,900, Arenado at 58, Molina at 45, Edmund at 48. They are unlikely to project that well with a 3.8 total. 59 degree weather, I don't know. So maybe I have no cardinal stacks. I'm assuming they'll be poorly, very poorly projected. Right, but you could, if you want to, just make one lineup of every stack on the slate. You can. I mean, you're perfect with those lineups. But you could make a Brewer, you could make a Brewers lineup, a Brewers five man stack against the Grum, and then jam in the best projected players in the other spots and. I wouldn't call you nuts for playing that. I mean, I I, you could probably find much better lineups to play. That's a better way of putting it. You could likely find plenty, hundreds or thousands of better lineups to play than a five-man Brewers stack against the Grum today at those prices, especially. But would you be nuts for doing it? No, you're not nuts. They're going to be barely owned. They're going to be, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what. Sub 1%. And if the Grum, you know, oh, he gets hurt in the second inning and he comes in and whatever. The bullpen gives up 12 runs. That'll happen more often than, you know, if if you're going after 50K at first or something, 100K to first. You use one lineup to give it a shot. Okay, you could give it a shot with one lineup. Right? Would you Would you play fifty of those? I mean, I wouldn't. But you could. So you're not nuts. I think there are much. I think there are thousands of better lineups than that, that have a higher expected value. But if you wanted to put together, if you wanted to put together a five three on DraftKings with the Brewers and whatever, and just the, uh, basically the other five players in your lineup are just just slam whatever's the, whatever the chalk is or something. I, I think you're fine. I think, okay, you can do it. So that's why he said, well, and then that'll happen. Is that what put, put people on the Brewers? Like nothing. No one put anyone on the Brewers. You're not trying to predict outcomes. I don't, I don't predict outcomes at all. I want to line up that score wins first place if a certain outcome happens. How often does that out- outcome happen? Is X percent, how much will they be owned? Y percent, is, was, is X higher than Y? If the answer is yes, consider them. Play them, play that team, play that lineup. And you have to put it into the context of every, uh, those chances for everyone else on the slate. There's 28 teams on today's slate. Some teams will be over-owned, some teams will be underowned. And then you build lineups from that. It's like, oh, do I want to play the the, the 12th under team or the top under How many line? What, what, if I had a choice between one lineup, probably the, the number one would come in priority, would be the highest expected value one. But there's still plus EV ones that are with the 12th under team. You could, just like with this Brewers. Yeah, if you want to build a five-man Brewers stack and draft, and go for it. I mean, just it's a, it's a dollar in a dream type of thing. Probably projects poorly. I mean, we could take a look. Take a look here. Milwaukee must project off. I mean, look, yeah, this is just just god awful. I mean, what could be the best line? Like, let's let's take a look. Like, this is this is what you could do to research, right? I'm using the back projections, right? Okay. So let's say. I mean, look, leading off and having under a five-point projection. So I'm going to do what I did yesterday. Just do 5X, five, five X, right? 5X at 100%, okay? Just to take a look, right? Just press whatever. Five-man stack, the, the the Phillies. So the Phillies are the top one today also? Yeah, I guess so. So 130.38. Who cares about ownership right now? You have Romito, Segura, Gregorius, Herrera, Harper, with Ben Suarez, Zimmerman, one-offs. And you're playing two stud pitchers. The fact that you could even make this lineup is ridiculous. Right? This doesn't look like a bad lineup, right? Yet you could still fit Rodon and DeGrum in the lineup at the same. Two highest projected pitchers. Okay. So that's 130.38. Now let, let's just say we were to play even the top point per dollar, like we just take like the five top point per dollar Brewers, right? One, two, three, four, five, and just go put it into lineup preview. Right? So to play a five man Brewers lineup, it's 104.35. So that's like 25 points lower than the top stacked optimal. Right? Right? Because look, you have to spend, you have to spend up for it all, and you're playing the Grum against him, right? That that's how bad the lineup is, and you're playing the Grum against him, right? He so obviously wouldn't play the Grum against him, so let's 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 take the Grum out as the pitcher, right? Because he's the highest projected pitcher, so obviously that's going to show up, right? You play the five-man stack and the Grum, yeah? Why not? Play the negatively for a late player, okay? So let's let's take the Grum off and then put it, right? Okay, Otani Rodan. okay. Suarez Gregor, okay, this is even lower, ninety three point six, okay, so it's over thirty five points from that the, that Philly stack, right, and sixty seven percent total ownership based on this, or current. Are you giving? Are you Are you giving up thirty five points of projection in order to drop? We take a look here. Drop, not that, but 123, 123 to 67. That's not even, not even that much of a drop. You're still playing Rodon. You're still, based on these numbers. I'm not saying these numbers. I mean, are, is Didi Gruber is going to be 1%? I don't know. It's based on these numbers. Is it worth 35 points of projection? I mean, we're talking about 35 points is, I mean, that's like three home runs, solo shot. On draftings because they're 14 points or two and a half, two and a half home runs. Can't be giving up two and a half home runs. I mean, the ownership would have to be even lower than this to even consider it. So even then, like this, 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 this Brewers lineup, I don't know, probably, probably negative EV. Probably. I'm trying to make a case that you could make it, just that their prices are so expensive for their projection. Right, but let, let's compare that. Okay, so we put the drum back in. So we have our top right here. Now, let's say we want to see the top. Let's say just, just for, for uh, argument's sake, right? We have, look, we have so many, how many teams? We have 28 teams. Can we split this up by 63, the minimum number of Cleveland? Why, what's wrong with Cleveland? What's happening to Cleveland? What's happening to Cleveland? Did I take people out of the Cleveland? Let's see. What was it doing with Cleveland? Nothing. We have no Cleveland players in the pool? What happened? Do we? Or is is this a, should I reload this? Are we missing Cleveland? Let's see. Are we missing Cleveland? I don't know. Cleveland's missing, everyone. We're missing Cleveland they not have uh okay 11 30 let's see no we're just missing we're just cleveland is just uh nope not projected oh is, or is that oh is that the or is that the game that's not technically not on the slate anymore yeah that's all oh, yeah because they're canceled right that game's canceled okay okay now, now i get it now i get it. right because they canceled because the hurricane or whatever okay now that's why it's given me this 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 cleveland Right, so I I can't use Cleveland. Cleveland and Tampa. Okay, there we go. Okay, now that makes sense. Okay, so now what I'm trying to do here is trying to just build a five-man stack of like just every team, as many of the teams as possible. Right? Okay, so 100 lineups or whatever. Just to see like what the best stack of a team would be or something. So we saw Milwaukee... Like you have to give up like thirty-five points of projection. Probably not the best of, best of things, but still, I mean, you get tons of relative value. I mean, if you want, if hey, like I said, you wouldn't be nuts to play that lineup. You probably wouldn't be smart either, but you you wouldn't be nuts. There's a there, there's a case, right? The highest projected pitcher, right? He gets blown up, and then these guys, yes. Is a case, so just understand that's absurdly high variance. So even if it was plus EV, you're, you're going to realize that you're going to realize that EV like one one in every like thousand slates. And when you realize it, it most likely it will be close to the top. But anytime that you don't realize it, it's going to be garbage. You're not, not going to. The Brewers get to the Grum and only score five runs, and you're like, okay, but the stack still didn't pay off because some other team scored twelve. Right, so just because oh he got blown up a little and no he needs to give up a ton of runs. Uh, let's see while this builds. Yeah, Michael Dompier is talking about the Angels lineups. Yeah, I, I had to switch out Rendon in a bunch. Rendon Warden, I had like Warden two lineups or something. A1 beast mode. Can you review your highest invested lineup from yesterday? What what am I reviewing? I still don't understand. A1. I don't understand what you mean by review it. What's there to review? I'll show. I'll show you here. Here's my. I'll show you. I'll, I'll 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 explain why I don't like. I don't understand what you mean by review it. What am I reviewing? Okay, my highest invested lineup. I played the one twenty one, single entry. Right, I came in like 25th or something. Yeah, here you go. Here's my $121 single entry lineup. Philly stack, Nap, Hoskins, Harper, Herrera, Bohm with Musgrove and McGill. I had Tatis, Polanco, and Eli White as one-offs. What am I reviewing? Tell, tell me what am I reviewing. I played a five-man Philly stack in single entry. I don't understand. Like, what more am I going to say? I, feel free to type it into chat. I don't, I don't understand what you mean by review it. I built I built 150 lineups, and this was the top projected lineup. So I played in single entry. That's it. That, that's all I could review. Why did I play? What you're going to say? Why did I play? Uh, A Herrera over McCutcheon and the answer is I didn't make that decision there's no doubt I didn't make any of these decisions I just played the highest projected lineup from my lineup set that I was making already that's it why do I play standalones instead of a three-man with the main stack sometimes I do I let it I let it fit naturally in I don't think it's that big of a difference. If you play 5 3, 5 1 1, whatever. So I had some lineups that were 5 3, but I don't intentionally do that. Right. A1 Beast Mode review means explain what made you click on certain players. I don't. I don't. That's the, If you watch this show, there's no, this is a math problem. What made me click on, I didn't even click, I didn't even click on the players, let alone choose the players. I did not click on a single one of these players. I use the bat projections. I trust the model. I'm building lineups for the large field GPP. So I'm already trying to get leverage for a large field GPP, right? So 150 of my lineups are made for large field GPPs which means the first lineup, the highest projected one of those, maybe I don't even have to be off that that off the board in the 121 single entry, a 551 entries. But if it has the highest projection and already has enough leverage for a large field GPP, it definitely has enough leverage for a single entry. So why not play the highest projected? I'm not going to play the lowest projected one. So there you go. That, that's it. That's it. According to the back projections, as of, what, five minutes before lock, this was my highest projected line. Tatis, Eli White, Jorge Polanco, one And a Philly stack, like, a Philly stack like this, with no Gregorius. Tatis instead of Gregorius. Herrera instead of McCutcheon. Knapp at catcher. Musgrove McGill. Okay, that makes sense. So I just don't understand what I'm reviewing. What would I, why did I play these? Well, go back to yesterday's back projections. I don't look at any stats. What what would I, I have no reason to click on a player. I'm playing the highest mathematically projected lineup out of my set. That's it. That's what, if I was just hand building this lineup or hand building, I'd be doing the same thing anyway. I probably would have played as probably as chalkier lineup, a little bit chalkier, right? I mean, but look at but Bo, like bond was one percent owned in, in in single entry, like that was easy, right? So now I I could play the chalk combination there. Nap was three percent, so look, I played a fairly chalky Philadelphia stack and played it in a different way. But I didn't ch- I didn't necessarily even choose that. That that's the only way that I could get enough lower ownership in order to play the two chalkier pitches. So most of my Philly lineups kind of looked like this. They didn't play. It wasn't the top five. It wasn't, it, was, it wasn't one, two, three, four, five. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It wasn't all the 10% plus owned Phillies. It always had Nap or Boom or something like that in the lineup. But I didn't specifically, look, I just left 400 on the table. I'd, who knows? Whatever fits. That was the highest projected lineup. Hence, I don't understand what I'm reviewing. A1 Beast Mode, how is Chris Bryant not on your optimal lineup? I'm not playing cash games. I don't care. Chris Chris Bryant projected well mathematically based on the leverage do I have to speak slower Chris Bryant was 28 percent owned if I put Chris Bryant in this lineup this lineup would be too owned which means that I wouldn't have been able to play Musgrove obviously that probably would have turned out to be a better choice the key is the ownership here right this lineup is built for large field GPPs. It's just the highest projected one of the 150 set that I did build. So I throw that into the single entry because I wanna prioritize projection over leverage, right? Over ownership in a single entry contest. And since I already have enough leverage for a large field, I definitely have enough leverage for a single entry. So give me the top projected lineup of my set that I've already made for large field GPPs. I'm not going to hand pick it. I'm just going to, whatever the top projected one is, that's what I'm going to play. This one didn't have Bryant. I had Bryant lineups that didn't have Musgrove, right? I I'd some, I would Cubs lineups. The Cubs lineups wouldn't have had Ted wouldn't have had Musgrove or McGill, would have had lower owned pitchers because the total number of ownership is going has to be below a certain level. If I'm playing the two chalkiest pitchers on the slate, two of the Chalkies, and also playing a 22% owned Bryce Harper, how do I how do I play Chris Bryant in that lineup for a large field GPP? I can't. So this isn't the whole point. Is not to play the optimal lineup. You're trying to win first place in a GPP. That's 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 the main difference. You should probably watch. The pregame show, just go back to January. Hundreds of hours. I'm, I, I've never picked, I, in, in MLB DFS, I've never, in what, I've been playing for four years, ever picked a player. And I rarely, in the beginning I did, and I was stupid to do it. Look at stats. I don't pick players and I don't stick pick stats at all. It's a mathematical problem that you're putting together. You're saying, okay, this line could win first place. Okay, that line could win first place. This line could win first place. They're about equal to each other that some range of where they are. You could simulate that out if you want. It's like, there you go. I already have a model. So there you go. Here's the model. Here's the math. Here's the projected ownership. That's the, to me, that's the hardest part. The projected versus actual ownership. Because, like I said yesterday, it's like I just, I'm surprised. I mean, this is a single entry, so I know it's going to be lower. Surprised that the, the 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 secondary pieces of the Phillies were as low owned as they were. Or I would have played more of them. I was under the impression the Phillies were going to be like the second or third highest uh, owned stack. In Jenny, yes, and, and they kind of were, but only like four or five guys. The other two or three. Like, why is nap only 4% owned as a catcher? So easy to just drop in a $2,700 catcher in your lineup. So that, to me, that's the miscalculation. I built lineups based on what I believed the ownership was going to be. I thought nap and Boehm, I thought they'd be twice as owned as they were. I mean, they'd be lower owned than Bryce Harper or Herrera and those other guys. But not so much. I'm not three times less owned, four times less owned. To me, that, that's, that's, that's the challenge. Once you, once you see the actual ownership and you go, oh, Colby Allard wasn't as owned as I thought he would be. And Max Freed was way more owned than I thought he would be. And, that's, and, and that would be a good thing, right? Because it's like, like Allard, I, I ended up being over on, even though I was trying to be under. And Freed, I barely played. And I was happy to see that it was 20% owned. Uh, so that, if had I known... Had I known, I would have played more Allard. It probably would have been just X'd out Freed. I think I had Freed a couple of lineups. I just would have X'd him out at that point. But I'm, I can only base it on the projected ownership that I see from Roto Grinders around the industry, my own adjustments, and then build lineups based on that. We, we did the 100 build with all the different stacks. Looks like everybody, you're just getting to and Rodon in so many lineups. Here's the stack summary. So you can see here, I just told it to build a stack of like every everyone, five hitter stacks, right? So we take a look at the Phillies. Here's a Philly stack, 130.38. Who cares what about ownership right now? Right, Arizona, 123.87. Washington, 123.71. Kansas City, 121.92. Baltimore, 121.75. Texas, 121.65. Pittsburgh, 121. Chicago, the Cubs, 120. Atlanta, 119. Detroit, 118. Seattle, 118. Miami, 118. New York, Yankees, 118. Cincinnati, 118. Houston, we go down here, have a Colorado, 109, Dodgers, 113, Minnesota, 112, Boston. Here we go, It's almost sorted in here. I didn't even realize. But that Phillies is way higher than almost anything else. And actually, based on our current ownership, lower owned. So you can see here that you could make Philly stacks with very good projections, right? 130, 129, 128. 128 is the four that I made, right? And there's different players in some of these, right? Right? Because I already I automatically made it with like three uniques, just to get diverse. But here, but like outside, look, okay, the Phillies project, you know, well, obviously. We go into this middle range, like right here, like let's say Baltimore. One, let's go to the 18s where I saw a bunch of them right? So here, Detroit, 118.81. Seattle, 118.5. Miami, 118.39. Yankees, 118.14. Cincinnati, 118.05. Houston, 116.9. White Sox, 116. Like any of these teams are within like a point of each other. So you could you could make a lineup. Like we take a look at Here's the Cincinnati lineup, right? 118.05. Rodon de Grum, okay. You have a red stack, Suarez Farmer, Stevenson, Aquino, Castellanos, Jose Rojas as a one off, Segura and Zimmerman as one offs. Now we look at the Yankees lineup. Right? Rodon de Grum, the Yankees stack, Zimmerman and Segura as one offs. And Jesus Sanchez as a one off. They're almost what which lineup should I play? Which lineup should I play either. If they were both owned and, and projected the same, what's the difference? There's no difference. Miami. Right? Are you are getting Real Muto, Zimmerman, and Harper with the Miami stack. Still Rodon and DeGrum. 118. What's the difference? If they were owned the same, what's the difference between the, the two lineups that I showed you before? Nothing. Seattle. Here's a 118.5 lineup. Rodon, DeGrom. Real Muto, Harper. Gavin Lux, one off. With the Seattle five-man, with Haniger, Bowers, Seeger Moore and France, what's the difference between this lineup and the lineup, the three lineups that I told you showed you before? Barely nothing. Which do I play? Whichever one you want. Now you go down to Colorado. It's one 72 Obviously, you're giving up another eight points of rejection. but obviously, if you're giving it up, if you're getting enough ownership. You're going to make it up. So, this is the best Colorado stack that it can make based, based on this, I think. Dodgers. Minnesota. Trying to make the best with Vlad Guerrero in the lineup. 112.72. But you can see this ownership starts going down. Now, should you trust the ownership that's posted currently right now? Probably not. But that's how you judge here. I'm showing you all the teams. There's the best four stacks or whatever, best four lines you can make with three unique. So it's not necessarily technically the best. The Cubs, 120.73. What's the difference between this Cubs lineup and this Pittsburgh lineup, right? 121.06 at 113. 120.73 at 102. Atlanta, 119 at 121. So this Pittsburgh lineup ain't that bad based on these ownerships. Stallings, Evans, Hayes, Newman, Gamble. Acuna, Harper, Segura, One Offs, and Rodon, and DeGrom. This lineup may be better than other than, maybe better than Houston. Right? 116 at 115. Not, not the greatest of differences. What, four point difference? That isn't that dramatic. And here yeah, you have Alan Andrews, Sibrub, and Real Mito. So this is what I'm, I'm showing you. This is what I mean by. How how do I review what what players that I they click on? Like what would what, what I review? I'm not meant I did I look at any stats to do this? No. It's already in the projections. Just how do I build lineups that have project that are stacked, that are correlated, have enough leverage with ownership and project well enough for what they what they will be owned. On a 14-game slate, you can make thousands of these lines. You can make thousands upon thousands of these lines. If you simulate it out, a lot of them would have very close close comparisons at expected value. Your job is to make ones that are better than the fields. That's it. So you could be, I I want to make 150 Houston line. You could. Now you're just increasing your variance of your entire portfolio. Michael Dampier says, you should have a tip jar like OnlyFans for having to answer the same question so many times for new listeners. (laughs) A super chat, you could do super chats, whatever, this is a Roto-Grinders channel. I wouldn't even get it. I wouldn't even get the money. Roto-Grinders would get the money. if you want to send me a tip you know what you do instead of send me a tip you go and if you haven't gotten it get the theory of daily fantasy sports 15 hour audio dfs masterclass it explains all of this all the stuff i thought that the concepts are in here this is game theory this is exactly what you're doing this is exactly what the top players do right i talked to i talked to top gpp players all the time you know what most people went that first home run of the day right? Someone, some random person hits a home run, right? Zach Short hit a home run yesterday, right? No, I would say 90 plus percent of the top GPP players don't even know if they rostered until they look. They don't even know. They go, oh, I did play some Tigers stuff, right? And they go and they check out of hundred. Oh, I got Jack Zach Short in three lineups. Oh, beautiful. Thanks. I'm, they don't even know. Okay, because it's a math game. It's like they have a model. They put in all the stats into the model. Did, 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 did. It spits out numbers to simulate outcomes, and then you build lineups. Then you decide on your strategy, game theory wise, who's overowned, underowned. You add that element into it. So you play more of one versus the other, and then then you make you make lineups, and you can make you can make hundreds of lineups, thousands of lineups if you want. But all those concepts are in this, this course. I to think like a professional DFS player. 15 hours, That's all the chapters, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, and psychology. But it's primarily math. It's not, but you're not gonna find formulas in here. It's not, it's not that dry. It's not just me and James talking about formulas for 15 minutes, but about mathematical concepts. So, go to Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, Theory of DFS.com. Pick that up. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me the thummy thumbs. I got the wagons and the water. The water's not that cold. It's not that cold. Not doing a good enough job. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders Live coming up later today. 14 game slate. Nothing the Cleveland Tampa Bay game. It's gone. It's not on the slate they'll be talking about that later and i'll be reviewing i'll be reviewing that slate right not on the, not on the players that i clicked on because i don't tap on any i don't click on any players right we'll be reviewing that tomorrow because that's what we do here every monday through friday at 11 o'clock eastern on the dfs pregame show on rotogrinders.com